0: what is up thank you so much for joining us for the ablaze jy message of the week i hope and pray that you're inspired and encouraged and now let's jump into the message super good you guys are here tonight i am really excited about it i believe that the lord's got something good for us amen If you guys are here last week, uh, Pastor Robert spoke to the whole conglomerate of Ablaze youth, uh, senior high and junior high were together in the big sanctuary, and we talked about the subject or the theme of seeking after God. And what's really cool is I actually had planned on speaking on a message about seeking last week until Robert was like, I kind of feel like I'm supposed to do everything. So tonight, we're going to be talking about seeking God. We're just going to keep continuing on in that flow. Amen. You guys excited? Are you excited? You ready to seek tonight? Yeah. Yeah, that's right you are. All right, so over in the book of Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 8 out of the ESV, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened opened. If you guys will bow your heads in prayer, I want to get our hearts ready to receive this message tonight. Father God, I thank you so much for this word. I thank you as we come together tonight, we are seeking after what you have for us, Lord. We prepare our hearts, we prepare our minds, and we get ourselves ready to get everything that you have for us, Lord. We're excited about it, we're ready for it, and we take it now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Man, guys, so the real definition of seeking or the whole concept of seeking is simply to set your affections, to set your focus, to set your sights on something that you want to chase after. So seeking after God is basically saying, I want to make him and the things of God a priority in my life. So when he says to seek after something, when Jesus says that you can seek after something, you can be sure that you will find something. How many of you guys are fans of a Tootsie Pop or a Blow Pop. You guys like that? Anyone in this room? How many of you guys would take one if I gave you one tonight? I feel like the low, the low rumblings. Who wants a Tootsie Pop? Want you? Want you do this? I'm going to give you guys an opportunity. If you would like a Tootsie Pop and or a Blow Pop, I will give you the opportunity to get out of your chair right now and come take one. Go ahead. Come get you one. Uh, you can get, I- I'll say this, there are 100 in each box. I would prefer that you only get one of each or just one or the other. So if you would like one, we'll get you one. Miller would really like a green apple. So if someone would be so kind and take this one to Miller. I got one for you, buddy. I got you, bud. I- I'm not going to let you. I got you, man. Oh, oh, <laughs> almost took you out. Miller almost had to wear braces again. Because of me. (laughs) So I got the Tootsie Pop. I got the Blow Pop. How many of you guys are familiar with Tootsie Pops and Blow Pops? What's on the inside of these things? chocolate and or gum. That's right. So blow pops, if you are familiar with a blow pop, it's called a blow pop because once you get past the candy outside, you will find yourself with a nice little treasure of gum. Or if you're a Tootsie Pop fan, you'll find yourself a little treasure of chocolate. I myself am more of a blow pop fan because I don't know, just like the candy and the chocolate, just not really for me. That's just not my personal taste. Um, but you know, hey, if that's your thing, that's cool. So one thing I was thinking about though, and you know it comes along with like seeking and all that jazz. I started. Started thinking about those old school commercials. Have you guys ever seen the, like that old commercial? I, I'm, I'm saying it's old because I assume it's old. I don't even really have like cable anymore. I just stream, so I don't even know if it's a real commercial anymore. But they used to have this little kid. They would walk up to an owl and he'd be like, "How many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop?" And the owl's like, "I one, a two. and then he like bit it. You know? Has anyone seen that commercial? Anyone familiar with that? It's like an old school thing. I don't know if it's still a thing anymore, but. I started thinking about it. I was like, who? Does there actually a number out there? Does someone actually know? So I found this guy on YouTube, and there's a video in ProPresenter that I'd like you to go ahead and just click on. There's no audio, so you don't have to worry about that. It's just gonna show up on the screen. A guy has made an artificial tongue, and he has hooked it up to a contraption here, and the tongue is licking this Tootsie Pop over and over again. I don't know what he has made this out of. And so there's a a weird looking tongue thing here, and it's dipping into a saliva-like solution in this bowl. And he is continuously licking this Tootsie Pop. And at this point, we're already up to 158 licks, and they have still not made it to the center. And Uh, When Nomad was in here watching with this earlier, he was really grossed out because he's just like not into any types of (laughs) such like a good, like slow mo version of that. So, as you can see, there's some work involved to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. You know, this guy, if it was a real person's tongue and they just continually sat there over and over and over again, I mean, we're up to a high number of counts here. I guess they kind of went back here and did this. So they're up at 209, 215, 220, 230. And this, this tongue's just going crazy over here. They're just making it like, 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 you know. <laughs> so they're just really, and then so this is the end of the video. So at this point, this has technically reached the center of the Tootsie Pop. I know I didn't include it in the video, but they said it took 396 seven licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Yeah, it even looks gross, even at the end there. So it takes 397 licks to get to a Tootsie Pop center. Now, obviously, that number could probably be different for a myriad of people. And so I feel like when it comes to the things of God, you so with a Tootsie Pop, you know, you, you, when you have a Tootsie Pop, when you have a Blow Pop, you are getting this lollipop with the promise, with the expectation that once I reach the center of this pop, I'm going to have a special gift. You have an expectation right now you guys all have these little suckers in your mouth and whether you grabbed one or the other, you know, eventually you're going to make it down to the good part. You know, but how many of you know it's enjoyable right now too, right? It's enjoyable to, to get to the center. And I think sometimes we as Christians get frustrated with the seeking part because we just want to have the end result. You know, we're just ready for what's on the other side of the door and that we're not really enjoying the seeking. You know, right now, Uzi's over here just like having a ball with this, with this sucker. And he's just like, I kinda like this cherry that I'm sucking on right now, or maybe it's watermelon, I can't really tell. Sometimes watermelon's a weird color. They don't really know what they're doing, you know? So, <laughs> but the process can look different for everyone, especially when it comes to seeking with God. We know when we go to God that He is a God of promises, amen? Our God has said that he wants to be our healer, that he wants to be our provider, that he wants to be our defender, that he wants to be our protector. He wants to be the one that we go to for all of our needs, for all of our concerns, for all of our worries, for all of these things. So when we go to him, we should have an expectation. Right? Much like with this Tootsie Pop or this Blow Pop, when you start eating it, licking it, <laughs> however you're crunching it, chewing it, I don't know, whatever your, food, your, your your fancy is on how you get to the center, you have an expectation that eventually I'm going to make it to the good part. I'm going to make it to the thing that I'm after. Amen? So there's a promise with God and he's the promise keeper. So we've got to devote ourselves to getting the promise, to grabbing a hold of the promise, to grabbing a hold to the answer of the prayers that we're having. Over in Matthew 7, if we read it again, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, it will be opened. If you go further on, it says, and which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? And even those who are evil, like yourselves, know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? Jesus is trying to say to us here that God is good. Not only is he good, but he's a good father. And maybe there's some of you in this room tonight that are like, I've never really had a good father. I don't have a good father to relate that to. And what Jesus is trying to say is whether you've had that opportunity, God is saying, I am that father that you need. I am that father that you want and I'm the best father that you could ever have. You can come to me with confidence and that when you need something, I'm gonna give you what you need. When you need health in your life, he's not going to give you sickness because that's not who God is. Our God is a good God, not a confusing bad God because that would be weird and contradictory. I've never understood why people thought that, that God gives people cancer to teach them a lesson because that doesn't make any sense why would a God who sent Jesus into this world to give us healing, to take stripes upon his back, to, to rid sickness and disease of this world, why would he come to give people cancer? That makes no sense. That's not who God is. He says that if you knock on my door, if you, if you ask, if you talk to me, if you have a prayer, if you have a need, if you're hurting, if you're broken, if you're tired, if you're scared, if you're lonely, I will help you. And I will give you what you need, Amen. He wants you to invite him in. God wants to be intimately in every way of your life. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants you, how many of you guys have ever like been in your neighborhood, you got kicked out of the house and you're like, man, I gotta go outside, I gotta play or whatever. And yeah, everyone's like, I had to go play. But you're like out there, I'm not gonna go play by myself. I'm gonna go to my friend's house and knock on their door and make sure they can come outside. Whoever's like knocked on your friend's door and like, is so-and-so home? Hey, can Miller come out and play? And they're like, oh, Miller's got baseball practice. Try the next house, you know, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like you go to that house, and you knock on the door and you're like, is so-and-so here? God's like, hey, come to my house and I'll come outside with you. I wanna go outside with you. I wanna go to school with you. I wanna go to your job with you. I wanna go hang out with your family with you. God is like that. God's saying, come knock on my door. I wanna come outside with you. But he doesn't wanna go outside with you if you don't wanna go outside with him. You guys ever like had that friend or that person that like, you're like, I don't really want to hang out with that guy. I'm so glad they didn't ask me to hang out today. No, I mean, God's not like that, but God is saying like, I I, I want to come with you if you want me to come with you. I desperately want to be a part of your life. I desperately want to help you with things, but if you don't want me there, I'm not going to come. God's a good God. He's not going to force himself upon you. Amen. Over in the book of Psalms, chapter 34, verses four through seven, it says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. Those who look at him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Psalms Psalm 3410 says, the young lions suffer and want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Answers, protection, deliverance, the full package deal. God provides all those things for the ones that seek him. And what's so crazy here, and it's so weird to hear that word fear in verse seven, it says, he accounts around those who fear him and he delivers them. And sometimes when you look at that, you're like, am I supposed to fear God? You're over here saying, God's supposed to be a good God. Why should I fear him? That word fear actually means those who revere or those who respect God. God wants you to see him, as the almighty one. He wants you to understand that when I go to God, I understand that he is the creator of the universe. He is the one who created the heavens and the lands and the seas and the animals and myself. If he is a God that can create all of these things, then he must have the answer to all these things when we start to revere or quote unquote fear and respect him for who he is, we start to understand that he is our source and he should be the one that we go to about these things. If you check over in Matthew 21, 22, it says, ask or in whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. You will receive if you have faith. If we tap back in over to Matthew 7, where it's talking about, you know, knocking on the door and it's going to be opened unto you. Have you guys ever, like, knocked on a door of someone's house and, like, you know they're home, but they can't get to the door right now. And they're, they're usually, like, yell back. you like, hold on just a second. I'm on i will be there in a second. I'm in the bathroom. Hold Don't leave. I got you. I'm coming. You know, or like, hey, hold just a second. I'm getting my shoes on. You know they're in the house because they've called back to you. They're they're working on something. They know you're at the door, but I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. Don't leave. I'm coming. Anyone ever had that before? You knock on the door and like, yo, yo, yeah, yo, yeah, I got you. I hear you. I know you're there. I'm coming. Or they ring the doorbell and you got the little like video cam thing maybe in your house now. And you're like, yeah, dude, I see you. I'm coming. I, I still got to get my bag or whatever. I got to get my phone off the chart. You got a charger? Because I can't fire my charger. You know, like they're talking to you through the door. God is like that sometimes. He's like, yo, I know you're at the door. I'm coming. Believe me, I'm working on it. I got something that I got for you. Don't worry. Don't leave the door. Don't, don't go to another door. Stay at my door. Keep knocking. Keep asking, keep seeking, stay at this door. There's a process happening in the seeking where you trust him on the front porch of his house where you're saying, God, I know the answers behind this door. I'm not leaving this porch until I get it. Much like this Tootsie Pop or this Blow Pop that you guys all have been sucking on, much of you guys are, are almost there right now. Some of you might have even already gotten to the center. The, the, the seeking is a little bit different for some people. Some of you guys are already there. Some of you guys have already finished your pop. Lauren's already chewing gum right now. She's already, I don't even know where the stick is. She's already ate the stick. I don't know. (laughs) We have to make it up in our mind that God's house, his front porch is the place for all the answers. And it doesn't matter how long that door takes to open. I'm getting what's inside of that door. And it's not like he's not opening the door because he's like, you gotta wait, you gotta wait. No, it's just like, hey, there's something working here. I promise you the door's opening, but you gotta, you got, you got got there's a process here. There's seeking that's happening. There's growth that's happening. Like I was talking about with this Tootsie Pop, there's an enjoyment while you're licking on that, that, that candy coating. Some of you guys got cherry. Some of you guys got blue raspberry. Some of you guys got like chocolate outside. Don't they have like a chocolate one? That's kind of crazy. It's like a chocolate outside with a chocolate center, double chocolate chunk, Tootsie Pop. It's enjoyable on the way to the promise. Sometimes we're so focused on the effort to knock and we're so focused on what's behind the door that we don't even want to bother with it. That sometimes things have to happen to us for us to be able to partake of what's behind the door. Over in John 15, 16, it says, you did not choose me I chose you and appointed you, that you should be able to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. I love that. I'm all about John 15 right now. The book of John's so rad, man. I'm just, I'm into it. I like it. John was a lover, man. He was all like, Jesus, I was his favorite, you know. He's like, God loves me the best. You know, John's like, all about that. I think it's so cool. He just understood the love of God in such a great way. That's why it's so revelatory, like when you really understand and make that connection. But over in John 15, he starts to talk about how we are the vine and the branches with Jesus and that God is the gardener, that he is the farmer. He's the one that tends to us. And what's so cool in John 15, it talks about even the good fruit bearing branches still need to be pruned. So we as believers, we as Christ followers, the ones that are supposed to be seeking after God, we need to position ourselves. We need to get into an environment that allows us to be pruned and cared for by the Father. That is what the seeking process is. It's saying, I'm gonna position myself in front of the gardener so that way he can water me. So that way he can feed me. That way he can prune me. That way he can get me ready. And sometimes the word pruning sounds bad, but really what's happening there is it's getting away with some of the things that, that might be harmful to us or some of the things that might not be good in our life. He's trying to help us. He's trying to protect us. He's trying to promote us. How many of you guys wanna do good things? How many of you guys wanna do great things? God wants you to do good things. God wants you to do great things. He created you to be a masterpiece. When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have been created anew. You've been made a new thing, something that never existed before. He says, you have been made a new creature in Christ. And he created you to bear good fruit. But you're only gonna bear good fruit if you seek after it, if you seek after God, if you seek after the things that he wants. What does that look like? To seek after God, that means you gotta devote yourself to time with him to grow in your relationship with him. And that might be different for for certain areas of your relationship with him, but you gotta dig in the word. You gotta understand the word of God for yourself. You gotta pray. You gotta talk to him. You gotta worship. You gotta do yourself a favor and find some good Christian people that are gonna help promote you and help strengthen you and help encourage you. You know, sometimes we talk about prayer and people get all like, oh, I don't wanna do that. That seems scary. Like whoever's been like, hey, would you like to pray today? And they're like, no, I don't wanna do all that. Prayer does not have to be like, Jesus, the Father and Lord in heaven, now and, and thee and there and love. It could just be like, yo, God, I'm struggling with this right now. I'm having a hard day today. Or, God, I'm thanking you so much right now for the breath that I got in my lungs. Or, God, thanks for protecting me today. God, help me. <laughs> Man, God, I don't know what to do. you got to be real with God. He already knows what's going on in your life. Just talk to him. That's what prayer is. Don't complicate it. Don't complicate the seeking. The seeking is just you going to God and saying, I don't know what to do, but you know what to do. You go to God in his word. You go to God in worship. You go to God with friends that'll help strengthen you and promote you and help you understand scripture better, help you uh, be a better Christian in your daily walk, help you understand that, hey, we shouldn't be talking like this or, hey, we shouldn't be doing that because it's not honoring God or whatever the case may be. To seek after God is something that we need to devote ourselves to. We gotta get serious about it. To produce the good fruit or, or to get the promises that God has available for you, you've got to seek after him. I love that the Amplified says over in Matthew 7, it says, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, meaning there's always something behind the door. We should never stop asking. We should never stop seeking. We should never stop knocking. Get your needs met today. Get your needs met tomorrow. Get what you need today. Get what you need tomorrow. God always has more for you. And in order to get more, you got to seek after it. Amen? So I want to challenge you guys over this next week, as you go about your day, as you're walking around in school, or if you're with your family or you're just out in the community or whatever, just start to think about, okay, God, what can I do to seek after you better? What am I doing in my life that's keeping me off your doorstep? What do I need to do to prioritize my time with you? Evaluate your day. Where can you give five minutes to read a scripture? <laughs> Where can you give five five minutes to thank God for something? Where can you give a minute and a half to thank God for your food? What can you do to better seek after God tomorrow? What can you do to better seek after God next week? And I believe that if you are vulnerable with God and you're open with him, he can start to show you and he can start to help you. He is the good farmer. He is the gardener. He's not going to call you something. He's not going to call you to do great things. He's not going to give you this plan and this purpose and not show you how to get there. But you got to want it. You got to want it. Amen? Do you want it? Do you want it? If everyone will bow their heads, I want to pray for you. Father God, I just thank you so much for every single person in this room tonight. I thank you that as we start to learn to seek after you, as we devote ourselves to you, as we start to prioritize you in our life and put you first in things, as we start to to run up to your doorstep and start knocking on your door, God, that we start to understand the value of and what's happening at that doorstep, that we start to understand the value that's behind the door that's worth knocking for. Help show us that your promises are worth chasing after, that your promises are worth fighting for. God, I pray right now that every single person in this room, every single one of them, Lord, that you give them insight and understanding, and you give them comfort that they can trust you with all their needs, all their asks, all their wants and all their desires, Father God, that you can show them that you are the one that can be revered, that you are the one that can be their source for all that they need. We thank you for that, Lord. We praise you for it. Once again, I am so glad that you joined us for the message of the week. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Ablaze Youth. Follow us at We Are Ablaze.